Hey, it's Kim from the Conscious Kitchen podcast, where we mix healing and vulnerability into a spicy soup of nail-biting conversations. Join me this season because we're healing no matter what the fuck happens. Hi everyone, Kim Syra here, welcoming you to another episode filled with insights and a dash of wit. Today's guest is truly one of a kind. Please welcome the multi-talented Justin Schumann. Not only is he a shining star in Broadway's Tina, the Tina Turner musical, but he's also a TEDx speaker who's dropped some profound knowledge on us all. Beyond the stage and the speaker's podium, Justin is the creative genius behind Jay Shoots, snapping iconic headshots at the Big Apple. But he's way more than just a triple threat. Justin's journey is about bringing authenticity to the fore, helping influencers, CEOs, and creatives uncover and embrace their authentic selves amidst the social media whirlwind. Justin is passionate about helping people to live louder, delve deeper, and craft lives filled with purpose and authenticity. Whether you're looking to explore your genuine self or eager to learn how to reflect your true essence in every aspect of your life, Justin's got some enlightening nuggets for you. So lean in, CKP family. We're about to embark on a journey of self-discovery, humor, and real talk with Justin Schumann. You won't want to miss a minute of this enlightening conversation. So let's jump in and explore authenticity with the excellent Justin. So Justin, spill the tea. Why do we just turn into statues? Why do we freeze the moment that we get on camera? How can we just like show up way more organically, softly, naturally in front of, you know, our TikTok audiences, Instagram audiences, what have you? Sure. I think there's two main reasons why people have a hard time showing up on camera as a, whether they turn into statues, computers, robots, what have you. I think one is this idea that we don't ever play third party to the conversations or the interactions we have in life. So we're not used to seeing ourselves be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And two, even if we had that opportunity, no one really knows who they are anyway in life. And so I can say that with certainty because one, I'm a part of that club. And two, I've worked with so many people at this point who have echoed that sentiment to me. And I think that putting yourself on camera, especially for the point of it being seen publicly by hopefully thousands of people, because that's the goal, is really scary because it feels like you're cementing something or making this big statement of this is who I am, this is my story, and I believe I deserve to be heard, which is a scary ass thing to do, especially if you're like, but secretly, I have no idea who I am. So I think that's why people ultimately struggle. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about this discovering who our true selves are. How can we just start embarking on this journey of, you know, discovering the real us? Or tell us a little bit about your journey as well. Yeah, uh, great question. I think it's a two-parter. I'll start with the first one because my journey sort of, I think, is demonstrative of the point. One point that I make in my TEDx that I realized is I think the question that we all then ask after you go, well, I have no idea who I am is, okay, so who am I? Who am I? We ask who a lot. And I've learned personally, and I've seen other people do this as well, that who kind of gets you stuck in this cycle of, you know, I don't really know who, and I don't really know who I want to be. And I found it's much easier to instead of like standing at the back of the boat and looking at your past and trying to put together who you might be, or projecting forward, I want to be this dream self, is to kind of stay in the present and go, well, how might I do X today? How do I feel about this? How do I think? Because how inherently requires action. Action is a verb. And verb, when you can be inside of the doing of you, like the way that we human is kind of how I put it, 
you can ask yourself a lot of questions while you're in the doing of things. So I can go into Starbucks and have an interaction with a barista and realize like, oh, that wasn't me at all. Like for some reason I was like rushed and I felt impolite, which is not, which, which is truly not me, but I might then go like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't me. I, I have a sense that that didn't feel good. And then I would have information, right? Oh, I must mm. be having a bad day or there must be something else going on with me. Or how do I feel today about an issue? And I go, wow, I actually feel completely differently about this than I did two years ago. I must be different than I was. How asks, how enables you to ask a lot of questions about the way that you go through your life? And I think who we are is a set of our actions, ultimately, not just the things that we think in our head, but how we be in the world. Um, and my brief timeline of a story is, I would say I really started coming into my own in this way in the last like two or three years. This has been a pretty recent mm -hmm. shift for me. Um, I definitely would classify myself as a people pleaser from a very young age. I was exceptional at it. Uh, and just being really good at being who I needed to be for everybody around me and taking care of their needs mm -hmm. before my own. Uh, but also being a very high functioning, smart person who also always got my own shit done. So it was never like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's really struggling with this. It was like, no, he's also an exceptional student and does the things in the extracurricular. So we're not going to worry about Justin. Um, and I talk about this a bit on social, but my sister passed away in 2015 in a car accident. And so that also totally causes you to like, what is life? What is the world? Who am I being? Mm -hmm. what, a, what am I doing here? And that kicked off this journey for me of really grinding and working and building my own businesses because I just craved autonomy and to create experiences that were mine and wholly mine. That eventually turned into my photography business. I finally booked Broadway. I was in Teen of the Teen Turner Musical on Broadway in 2019. I was in a relationship for about three years. And towards the end of all of that, once I started creating on TikTok, I had started to have this sense that I wasn't taking up as much space in my own life as I could. And it was actually social media that reflected that back on me. And who I was being on there was much more exemplary of who I wanted to be in my real life. And so then they started to inform each other. I'll call it three years from 19 to 22, me starting to get into this space of helping others, me starting to jump on TikTok, me get, being given my TEDx slot. I learned by the way that I was showing up in storytelling on social media that I had so much more access to a strength and a confidence that I wasn't exuding in my life. And by showing up on social and actually being validated by a lot of what I was saying and just showing up authentically as I was figuring out what that was, I realized, mm. wow, there's so much more potential to this magnitude, to this, this uh, amount of space I could be taking up. And that helped me show up more in my real life. And just honestly, can we say the F word here? Yes. Oh, give way fewer fucks in my real life. <laughs> so that was that TikTok was was hugely uh, important for me in this journey, which sounds crazy to say, but I, I stand by it. Beautiful. Yes, thank you for sharing your story. I mean, you could see it um, through your social media, through your TikTok, through your Instagram, like per living with true authenticity. And it's beautiful that you are in service to people, um, especially with people, you know, content's everything. Content's bread and butter right now. And there needs to be more people like you being able to create empower people to craft their own lives and stories. So, I mean, in this new journey for you, 
Um, obviously you've seen more like revenue in your businesses, you've seen more opportunities open up, things like that. So how, how are you feeling right now with everything that you've done, you're doing right now with, with empowering people on social media? Is it just like full, full train ahead, like with the engines blowing, or are you still dealing with some sort of like healing from people pleasing and imposter syndromes and things like that? Really great question, I would say, especially because I feel like I'm currently at an at an intersection that you really couldn't possibly know about because I don't talk about it so much on social, but it's a little of all of it. But I would say that I'm pretty good with who I am. Like I've done so much of this work and so much of this growth. I'm not done by any means, nor am I perfect. There's still a long way to go. And I think we are ever evolving and shifting and changing. However, I have seen bolstered revenue. I have received new opportunities but I don't think a ton of business owners in a way that isn't simultaneously selling one of their own offers are often transparent about how hard it is to start something, own it, build it and scale it. And -hmm. I don't mean like I'm being so revelatory in this idea, but I am now having the hardest time I've had with this business. And that's after running it for over a year, I made a lot of money. And then it was like, okay, Now it's a business that needs to become a little bit more self-sustaining. I can't be doing 30 one-on-one clients a month at a price point that's now lower than what I would choose to set it at Mm -hmm. because I believe setting your value where it deserves to be is really important. All of us talk about that as entrepreneurs. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard right now, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, I have an offer coming out in October that I feel really excited about. Um, But running a business is expensive especially when you're a creator and so much of your energy and your time has to also go into this content that you create, which is completely free, which is, I love, I provide so much value in my free content, but I don't just run a business. I don't just run the business of being Justin Schumann. I also have to be Justin Schumann. And so it's mm-hmm. a, it's a lot. So I'm still loving it and I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, but I'm a little impatient, which I am very public about. I'm like, I want this yesterday. And so I, and I'm still performing and still auditioning and still running my photography business. So it's a lot. I'm really enjoying it, but it's, it's hard. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're speaking to the, you're speaking to your perfect audience. Yeah. I'm just kitchen podcast. So (laughs) we appreciate the transparency, babe. Mm, Happily. We're all there. We're all right there with you holding your hand. (laughs) Yeah. I, so when you were talking, I, I bring this a lot in everything I do as like a business owner, as a creator. I'm like, sometimes it feels like I'm playing Kim. Like sometimes it feels Mm -hmm. like I'm performing Kim, but now it's Kim, the coach. Now it's Kim, the creator. And it's just which character of Kim am I playing in this specific moment? Because I feel like as entrepreneurs, we're wearing so many different hats. And you mentioned just like being a creator, being, you know, a coach, being a business owner. Tell me a little bit what that balance looks like. Like, how are you able to, you know, make the content and then run your business maybe an hour afterwards and then maybe do an audition an hour afterwards? Like, what does that balance look and feel like for you? Yeah, I I will. And But before I even answer that, I'm curious to you, of those performances you feel you enact regularly, do all of them satisfy you? Even if you feel like you're shifting, do you feel satisfied by the things you step into? I think 
in the past, so like when I first started doing this in 2021, I was an erratic people pleaser and I was not here. Like I was not in my body whenever I would make those shifts. I would just like make the content unconsciously, do the thing afterwards. My nervous system was so dysregulated. And I think now I've been able to, in my week, schedule things out a little bit more. So that way, like on Monday, I'm making content and I could fully be in my body when I do that. On Tuesday, if the urge to make content is there, I'll make the content. But if not, then I'll, you know, do it back on next Monday. So I've learned to set, like compartmentalize those things. I think that's where I'm at right now. But yeah, it's, it's for me, like still very difficult. Mm. I asked that question because my definition of authenticity and what I believe about being authentic is different than most in the sense that I don't think it's an easy Mm -hmm. thing. I don't think it's passive. Mm -hmm. I actually do think even in this moment, I am super in my body and super consciously chosen, but I'm absolutely performing because I'm Justin Schumann on a podcast right now. Mm -hmm. Now it's really no different than Justin Schumann. You're going to get my content or Justin Schumann, uh, you're going to get in my stories or where I've got no energy. And I'm like, y'all, I've got 4%, but here's what we're doing right now. They all have the same core, but I do believe we perform certain amplified mm-hmm. versions of ourselves, but that can still be authentic if you're the mm-hmm. one deciding who you're being in that moment, as opposed to mm-hmm. outside noise and stimuli shaping who you're being for their benefit. And that's why I asked you if you feel satisfied, because ultimately even being yourself authentically, exhausting, very taxing. It totally Mm -hmm. saps you, but it is a different Mm -hmm. exhaustion, especially as people who are people pleasers will understand than having been yourself for everybody else and depleting yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, they feel very different. And so that's why I ask you, because I actually think inherent in that question answer is the answer to your question about balance. Because ultimately, when I make a piece of content, it is at one it, it is at one moment me being and telling my story it is also mm-hmm. a piece of business it's an asset it's also strategic it's also cathartic so it's all of them and so i don't really think of segregating my days in terms of like con unless it truly is like i'm going to make some content or film a youtube video and then i truly do have to go run downtown and do an audition those are different but ultimately what i did in front of the camera is not so different from what I'm going to do in the room for a creative team filled with people who are going to decide if I get this job or not. Um, so I'd say that balance is pretty there right now. I would actually say where balance used to fall off for me, where I'm getting much better is uh, food and my diet mm-hmm. and like not letting like disordered creep disordered eating like a creep in and, and crazy yeah. body dysmorphia going to the gym because which makes me look good, but also feel really good. And maintaining a social life. Those are like my hardest ones to do while I'm doing the business thing. Maintaining a relationship with my family is very easy. They live on Long Island. I'm in New York City. We're, you know, proximity wise, we're very desirable. But it's those other things. I tend to shut myself away and like cocoon myself to make my life happen. And you can't. You just can't. Yes. That's a beautiful piece of what you just mentioned as well. Yes. How to have the whole wheel turning, the equilibrium of of everybody. The um, best you can. Yeah. So, Justin, you did TEDx, your TEDx experience, and had a line with your quest for authenticity. Um, 
is a lot of what you're teaching about authenticity. Is it mostly our life is one big story and can our, and our story could be jumbled up into different micro pieces of that story. So when you're working with your, with your, your clients one-to-one, like where, where's like the baseline that anyone could start living authentically telling their story? Believing that it deserves to be heard. It. Yeah. Believing mm. that it deserves to be heard. Most people, I'm going to say 99% because I can't unequivocally say 100%, but 99% of people I meet, I work with, I talk to say, well, I don't know who would want to listen to what I have to say anyway. Who would want to hear what I have to say? Mm. Uh, so there's, to me, that is an example of me as I am. If I was to show up and not fabricate something or or embellish or make this something it isn't, I, as I am, am not compelling, entertaining, charismatic enough for people to want to gravitate toward me. And so if I can do anything, it's help people understand that you are, you are, but you won't know that until you know that. And you won't know that until you actually put out the thing that you're deeply afraid to put out, which is just you as you are. So where you can start I go back to the Starbucks barista a lot. I don't know why I always go back to that example. I was a Starbucks barista when I was 16 years old. So maybe somewhere in the back of my head, that was like a really core memory for me. Um, but like be inside of that interaction the next time you're with your Starbucks barista. Don't just order your skinny vanilla latte. Like go out of your way to be hyper-present and maybe ask them a question. And I'm not saying, you know, fucking bother your baristas or like take up so much of their time, but you don't have to stay in these sort of like deeply entrenched grooves that we do in our lives. Your life in our lives, you're allowed to step out every so often. And that goes back to the how and the verb of it all. But if you ask them how they are and they say, good. And they say, how are you? And you say, I'm okay. You can be honest, right? We can be honest again. I'm, I really don't mean for us to take up all of our servers or, or <laughs> Starbucks priestess time, but it's just an example of find little ways to reveal here and there in a way that doesn't cost you so much that it starts to like, you know, burden you. And if somebody asks you how you are, you can tell them, I'm not, I'm not great. They asked, right? So, so put out something true that you know is true and you feel is true and see how it lands and then see what you do with that. That's a starter place. And if the person's like, okay, cool. And just bypasses it. Well, they're probably not your people anyway, because they didn't really mm-hmm. seek to do anything for you or reach outside beyond themselves to help you in that moment. That is not demonstrative of the world, but it is demonstrative that not all people are going to be for you anyway. And I think what's ultimately hard for people is you got to put your story out there as it is. And I'm telling you that people will want to hear it, but I'm not telling you that all people will want to hear it. So you are going to get backlash sometimes. You are going to get people who unfollow you. You are going to have trolls. I'm telling you it's a part of this experience on social and real life. No one is impervious to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a great um, beginning for anyone sharing their story. And I was going to check in your social media and you did t- talking about trolls. And so when one like starts storytelling and the hows, um, you know, how do you protect yourself from these things, right? Trolls. And mm-hmm. I love that content piece that you shared about on, on your on your reels. Um, and how, how does one protect themselves or at least build up a fortitude wall of of strength in once you start you, once you start really telling your living your life authentically? Mm-hmm. Fortitude's a great word. Resilience is another great word because permission to feel beaten down, right? Like permission for things to like hit you and, and they can sting. That's fine. 
ultimately you get to decide how much these things impact you though, because people are going to say shit. They just are. And now my Burning Man videos that I did, that's where I got some of my biggest backlash ever. And it wasn't until Instagram took down two of my reels and I was like, those had so many views. Where did they go? And it was because the comments exhibited hate speech, not because of anything that I said. And it wasn't Mm. until someone told me to eat shit and die that actually they started to get taken down. And I was like, no, you guys, like that didn't offend me. Keep it up. Um, Like we, we ultimately control how much things impact us. What I do also say is I understand that not everyone's going to feel that way at the beginning of their journey. So setting boundaries is super important. And if what a boundary looks like is you block them and you delete the comment, that's totally within your power. Go for it. I look Mm -hmm. at it as they are coming into your house. So you set the rules. Is it kick them out of the house? That's one thing. I tend to invite them down and then serve them a meal of their own comment and make them eat it because I love that. Like it it evokes sort of the image of like Bruce Trotter and Matilda, like eating the cake. Um, niche reference, but I'm sure at least a few people will get it. I'm like, I'm going to destroy you with your own words. Let's go. Um, and I will say, I know, cause I know that sounds funny and glib, but the one thing I do check in with is will my response to this troll possibly impact anybody else in my community in a negative way? Mm. And if I think it will, I don't go there. I'm slowing down because I'm seeing that I might be frozen. Was I frozen? Okay. Yeah. The last thing you said was, will someone in my community be affected by this comment? (laughs) The one question I ask myself is, if I respond to this troll, might anyone in my community be affected in a negative way? Do I think that this would lead to unintended circumstances? Do I think this would lead to unintended consequences that might damage somebody else? And if the answer is at all, yes, I pull back because that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to, in a fun, easy way, disintegrate their power in a way that reveals to everybody that they had no power to begin with. You know, Mm. like I used to love when we could um, pin comments on TikTok because I would just pin the troll to the very top and I would give them the spotlight that they wanted. And (laughs) no, not a single time did this not happen. They just delete their own comment because they don't actually want to be known for that. When you give them the spotlight that it seems they crave, they can't handle it. So I stumbled upon something recently that's honestly changed my mornings for the better. Have you ever heard of Magic Mind? Well, before I was guzzling down coffee like there was no tomorrow. But now I just pop open this little green shot with my first cup of matcha in the morning. It's got a surprisingly good taste and just slides right into my usual morning routine. Being as swamped as I am, it has been a freaking game changer. Seriously, give Magic Mind a go. It's become my little morning magic trick. Go to www.magicmind.co forward slash conscious kitchen and get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with our code CK podcast. Yeah. And I think something I, I've been at, I've been thinking about in my own like content creator journey. And I guess for anyone who is starting their content creator journey, right? Like I feel like the fear, at least the fear that I have now, because I've gotten backlash as well. And it's just been like not a fun time to be like, oh my gosh, I thought what I was going to say was like a gem. Like I thought this was like the Bible coming out of my mouth. I don't know. Like this was supposed to be channeled through me and out of me and I'm getting hate for it. Like people, it didn't resonate with people. So 
what advice would you have for someone who is just now starting their journey of content creation whose fear is what if people don't like what I have to say or the vanity metrics? What if I don't get the likes and comments that I'm that I'm craving? Yeah, I I actually want to start by answering this clocking for folks who are only listening to this and don't see me. Very, very, very transparently clocking. I am white and I am a cis man, right? So even though I'm gay, which is like fringe-ish, it's fringe. I'm I'm okay, and I know that I have an easier experience of this than a lot of other folks. And so I'm just saying that out loud because if it ever there's a point where that you, somebody hears my advice and they're like, "Well, he can do this," know that I'm aware that sometimes I think I get a pass which I don't think is fair, but I'm aware of my privilege in that sense. Cause this is v- creating video content. Visual content is something we can see. We can't pretend that this is not something that we see. So saying mm-hmm. that out loud, right. As we all compare experiences, cause I think that's really worthwhile and valid to say. Um, and it precedes this piece of advice, which again is my biggest fear for my clients or people that I work with is ultimately, cause you said people have this fear of, people having something negative to say in the comments. My biggest fear is that no one says anything that you aren't a specific or playful enough version of yourself that anyone even has anything to say. No one even draws an opinion from it because it's that bland. And, and I'm so cut and dry about it because that's really what people do choose to present. They present this like generic version of self because they don't want to offend. They don't want to be polarizing. They don't want to be controversial so if they don't really say anything at all, which they think feels correct, because it's like the most neutral, non-charged thing to be, they won't offend anybody. But the real answer is, you're not going to make any fans either. So I like to say that if to rub someone the right way, you got to have to rub some people the wrong way. So, you know, I don't mind backlash. To me, it says that I'm being myself specifically enough that some people aren't going to be for me. And like I said before, all good. You're probably not for me either. At least we figured it out pretty quickly, you know? Uh, So I would just say, don't live in the fear of the negative because the negative means that your people are also on their way. At least you're causing something to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that, Justin. Can you guys like go and just rewind and repeat, (laughs) rewind and re-listen to what Justin just talked about? So thank you, Justin. Um, And so, okay, so you're on like Broadway. You burnt a burning man. You've been on this, Away, amazing awakening, right? For the past several years, we were hearing about your story from 2019 to now. So with your wisdom, like how do you build and maintain that unshakable confidence? Okay, obviously we're gonna have some fucking bad days. We all have bad days, more bad days than good days. But like, what is your juice? Obviously you are confident, you're attractive, you're on Broadway as well, but like, what is the juice, honestly? The juice is that I don't think I'm all that attractive. The juice is that a lot of times I don't have the confidence. The juice is that like, how do I show up when I don't have the juice? I think that's the Mm -hmm. juice ultimately. Now also people, again, people might be like, he's doing this weird forced false humility thing. I'm really not. I'm being honest with you. Like I'm, I'm in therapy and I've been for years. We talk about body dysmorphia all the time. I talk about the fact that I don't always feel terribly attractive that's my own baggage, right? You might look at me and say otherwise, and that's how wonderful. And I appreciate the compliments that they don't go unheard, but they don't go really received either. Not right now in this journey for me. Um, The other thing I'll say is confidence in the typically um, thought of sense of like this 
of this bravado and this like strength, I do think I have confidence is the way that I define, or rather, I don't think I always have that confidence in the typically thought of sense of this like bravado or strength. I don't always think I possess the way that I define confidence though, is when the being of yourself or at least choosing who you want to be becomes habit. So it was like Kim was saying before back, you know, 21, I think you said you started this when you were feeling dysregulated and you were not even in your own body when you were deciding who you're being, not confidence. Now though, you're like, I have my systems, I have my structures, and this is practiced enough that I know who I am, who I want to be, and I can choose who I want to be at any given moment. Max confidence to me, right? Mm. Is what I would say. So all of that being said, what's the juice? I think, um, it's twofold. It's having the sense that like life is very precious and very short and can be gone in an absolute instant. And the other side of it is honestly, I want a lot. I love money and I like nice things. And this world is expensive and I don't expect anything to be given to me. So if you want, you got to work. And I just got big dreams. I want to write books. I want my own podcast. I want to be back on Broadway, I want so many things and they are not going to come to me if I sit cross-legged in my living room and just manifest. You got to do, you know? Yes. yes. Consistency, the small wins, right? Success leaves clues. Ooh, I like that. We got there. Success leaves mm-hmm. clues. I like that. Yes. Yes. It's And failure leaves clues. It, 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 it's all clues. Mm-hmm. As long as you're looking for them, as long as you're being little Nancy Drew, magnifying glass out, seeking information. It happened to me on Instagram just, just recently. I was like, I didn't realize that Instagram is starting to feel so terrible for me and for so long. And why? And then the other day I was like, fuck it. I'm flipping the chaos switch. And I did. And I was like, it felt like I was back. It felt like I was ridiculous again. It felt like I was. And then I started writing some captions that were funny and whatever and sharing them inshore, like a a format of a reel that I know Instagram prefers but I got to share my writing with people, which is something that I don't always do. So I was like, fuck this. I just didn't realize that I had shifted so far away from my ultimate message by being so concerned about sharing said message. And that's when it's like mm-hmm. I had lost. I was not looking for clues. I was looking to create a product. You know, I was looking to get to X marks the spot. Mm-mm. I love success leaves clues. I love that. I've never heard that before. Justin, you shared about your bumps in the road. Um, and staying true to yourself. And, you know, I love how you have this authentic authenticity audit as well. So I love to hear about that. And, and why, why is it so important? If people feel they feel like they're not consistent on social media, they're not showing up as themselves, like, what is this authenticity audit that or even in your coaching, like, how can people approach this? And why do they think they need this in their toolkit? Great question. I created the audit because Every, I'm going to say 100% of audits I've ever seen on social media, if they're not done for you, like the person comes in and does the audit, which I do for my one-on-one clients, every audit I've seen in some way is comparing your content and account to a set of checkboxes and best practices. Are you using the right amount of hashtags? Are your posting times consistent? Are you showing up enough? All of these things. Ultimately, adhering to any of those best practices says nothing about who you are as a person. Nothing. It just means you can follow a set of rules. And I put rules in quotes because like, who made them? Algorithm gods? Because like, we don't actually know. No one ever tells us. At least Instagram is transparent, more like Adam Osseri, like 
God bless, will tell us when Instagram changes shit. TikTok won't. Absolutely not. China's like, fuck you. They don't care. So um, I created this audit because I said, well, what if instead of comparing your account against all best practices and all other accounts out there, what if we compared your accounts against you? Just who Mm. you are in life. Even if you're not 100% sure of who that person is yet. When you look at your profile picture, does Mm. it exude the energy that you want to be known for? Do you feel you come across as friendly or do you make it hard for us to see your face? Because really you've got insecurities about what your teeth look like. Okay. Mm. That's interesting to me, but then maybe there's something lost in translation about the way that you're sharing yourself because it's actually now more of a mirror for your insecurities as opposed to who you really are. So that's an example of one of these 34 elements that I've broken your account and your content apart into. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. I will also say, and, and I just got a testimonial the, the other yesterday and cause it's a 50 plus page document. Cause also like I don't create shit. If I'm going to make something and then sell it, it's good. I'm just going to like, I don't do shit. So she said that the customer who purchased said, when you purchase something like this, oftentimes you expect it to be more of a workbook where you're going to fill in more of the information than is there for you. This is the other This feels like a mini textbook where I give so much information. Maybe it's going to be a little overwhelming, but it's yours to keep for $27 at present. So Mm -hmm. run, but the things for you to fill out are only for you. And if you're not a person who actually wants to answer every question, don't. I say that in the forward, like use this, you know, you best. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to be didactic about how this gets used. Skip around, go to the one particular thing you're wondering about editing style, go to that lighting, go to that screen covers, text on screen. I break them all apart. If there's a place, you know, you're struggling initially, but I, to round the bend with the question you asked is if, if this only helps people to show up more consistently because they're just more certain of who they're being win, win, because if success leaves clues, posting more leaves clues in the form of data in the form of how you feel. And although it's not about those vanity metrics, there is information that comes from, wow, this post received engagement, period. Why? Because it's not always random, although sometimes there's elements of randomness. Engagement comes from you feeling like you're opening a conversation that your people want to be a part of. That is an energy transfer. It has nothing to do with your hook. Almost nothing to do with your hook. Okay, guys. So definitely get that. Stand store forward slash Justin Schumann. Only 27 bucks. Please go get it the is, authenticity audit. And also the, to make it so easy, tiktokselfaudit.com. It's got its own little website. If you want to go directly there, we love, I buy a URL like they're going out of style. If I think I need something, we buy the website. Woo! We love Entrepreneur it. Entrepreneur advice. Yes. I love that. Before, before we like, I would love actually to, to, for you to talk about that, the energy transfer. A lot of TikTok people mentioned this. Maybe you haven't heard about this if you're not heavily on TikTok, but people talk about like, okay, you're going to wake up at early in the morning. You're going to have your juice, go to the gym, take a cold shower, blah, 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 and then directly sit in front of your camera when you're having this high, high levels of endorphins and really good, feel good, um, like uh, emotions and like, you're just on it, right? You're pumped in the first thing in the morning. What do you, how can you talk about the energy transfer? Um, as far as like people absorbing the energy that you're transmitting through the content, can you talk a bit more about that, Justin? 
I think the notion that you can only show up and record content when you're feeling great and pumped is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because it assumes that you need to be in one certain sort of way to be on social. Because if you're not great and pumped, who do you show up as? I would say I'm more often than not, not great and pumped when I show up to create content. And I know this is not you, Laura, saying like, this is what you think. This is really what we are told on mm-hmm. the whole. Get yeah. into the zone, get into the mode, and then like put on your favorite playlists to really get, okay, if that's your vibe, if that's if that actually feels good for you. It does not for me. One thing that I like to tell people is just be where you're at. Just where are you right now? Maybe you didn't go to the gym. Maybe you didn't have a great morning, but something inside of you wants to say something. Hit the big red button. Just do it. Because ultimately, the energy transference has less to do about positive energy being exuded or communicated across the screen. It has to do with any energy being transferred or exuded across the screen because most people can't. They don't understand how to reach outside beyond themselves. And that is what this October thing that I'm doing, this whole class on screen presence, this concept of your distaste with how you look, feel, and sound on camera, which are things we can solve, is keeping you from learning how to do the ultimate thing, which is just share yourself loudly enough that you can somehow cross this digital divide. But honestly, it's by speaking slower sometimes. It's by leaving rests in. It's by doing things that are antithetical to best practices. So this goes back to a question earlier that Kim asked is what can beginners do is trust a little bit more that you have it all already. People are waiting for the perfect words to know the structure of the thing. Mm, you won't learn that by with you won't learn that without doing and you'll also learn very quickly there are no perfect words there are there is no perfect structure the only perfect piece is the piece that you make and when you've posted it it is inherently perfect it it, it is it, it is whole it is enough it is done and also pieces collect dust like that post move on post move on just yeah wow there is so much to dismantle with the tech with the rhetoric that's handed out on all platforms, which is why I've been doing this now for almost two years, like screaming, screaming finally. So I'm like, there are so many people out there saying wrong things, but it's okay. We just keep going. We keep going. Yes. Justin. Oh my gosh. I'm like getting teary eyed. Cause I'm like, thank you for the work you, you do for the community, you know? And I think that yes, everything with the digital divide and just kind of like relearning how we want to show up on our, on our terms. You know, if we are a little shy or we do speak a bit softer than others or, you know, you know, but you guys, I encourage you to go take his cohort in October. We're going to have the link in the description, Justin. And if you would like to leave anything else with our conscious kitchen podcast family on just moving forward with the 2024 year, or if Kim, you want to add anything else, feel free to let the, let the juices run. <laughs> yeah. Kim, do you have any last things? Cause then I'll, I'll, I have one thing that I'll say, but. I'm just going to say personally, I'm going to go to that class and literally <laughs> like right after this, I'm going to buy the book, like actually like immediately after this, because this conversation, I'm just going to say personally to anyone watching, I needed to hear this as someone who is like constantly like throat blocked. That's like how I've defined it for the past couple of months. So like, 
yeah, like this is such divine timing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Also this, I feel very called to say this when you say throat blocking, I'm not huge on crystals and chakras and everything. I mean, I love the idea. I'm all for it. I just don't know enough. But when you say throat blocked, I then say, I wonder if there's anything you could do in your life when you're not recording content that would help you find expansiveness in that area. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's yoga. I do yoga because matching your movement to your breath is so hard. So when I can practice doing that, I find it's much easier to tap into a grounded sense of breath and, and, and access when not in yoga. And so I just felt really called to say that to you in this moment, that maybe some other thing could help you find that openness. And then you could like trans translate that feeling back into this. But that's just one thing I just felt called to say. I think that the last thing that I want to say is I love the name Conscious Kitchen. And I think that the listeners who are here and have been here for a while, I encourage them to think of everything in life, but especially in content as ingredients in a recipe. Mm -hmm. And it's just about trying recipes that you've seen other people make and fucking them up for yourself and going to the store and buying ingredients that you've seen on the food network, but you've never actually dealt with, but you're like star anise, like that should be fun. Maybe. (laughs) And I talk, you'll see in the audit, I talk a lot about ingredients and recipes and elements and and aspects. Everything big can be broken down. And then once you've Mm -hmm. broken down and can actually manipulate and do things with things, both in content and in life, breaking down how we human and how you can human better, not that hard. Not that hard. So I love the name of the podcast for so many reasons. Thank you so much. Yes, guys. If you feel like someone will resonate with this podcast right now, go ahead and get the hyperlink and share it with a friend right this very moment. You listen to Justin Schumann on unleashing your authentic badassery in the digital age. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Conscious Kitchen podcast. We would love if you could subscribe to us and support us in any way. Follow Justin Schumann. We're going to tag him on his Instagram, stalk him, follow him on TikTok and Instagram and Kim as well. And just thank you so much, Justin. Um, And if you want to add in any other details, you want to just add in with hyperlinks, I'll add into the show description. But thank you for listening to the Conscious Kitchen podcast. Thank you, Kim. You guys are freaking incredible and such light in our community that we actually really need in this moment in time. You guys are beaming light. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to the Conscious Kitchen. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys. See you on the next one. Thank you. Mm -hmm.